that time, the sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. Hello. On a very snow-filled day in Louisville. I know the majority of businesses are closed today. If you are working, I, I feel sorry for you, and hopefully you had no trouble getting to your place of business. Uh, but we'll be working. Uh, the sports talker must go on. We'll be talking uh, Louisville's loss last night to Notre Dame. Kentucky looks to take on Florida. Close out a, a, a perfect regular season. Uh, we didn't get to talk about Indiana as much as I would have liked to yesterday, so we'll talk a little bit about the Hoosiers today, and we're going to talk just obviously a lot about March Madness, brackets, what are seeds looking like, How what can change. Uh, so it should be a fun show today, and it's uh, a blast from the past, a throwback Thursday, if you will. Uh, our buddy Will will be joining us in studio today. He was a part of the show uh, frequently, I, I would say maybe once every two weeks, it seemed, maybe once every three weeks, uh, during a, a probably a month span, two month span last year, uh, but he got a, a real big boy job and couldn't join us, but he's off work today and wanted to be part of the show. So Will, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Um, by off work, I'd say working at home, but uh, I'll try to do my best to help pitch in where I can, especially maybe with the cards. Uh, Thanks for having me. And you've, I've been with you, I guess, for about two hours now, and you haven't done any work. So uh, if you consider that work, I would, I would want your job, not that I'm complaining about my job. Uh, and Yates, are you in the studio today? I am. You, you made the trek. How was it? Um, well, I'd rather be at home, and I'll just leave it at that. Well, I know you probably would rather be at home, but did you make it safely? Did you have any trouble? Uh, I mean, my neighborhood was uh, pretty touch-and-go trying to get out of there. Um, I live off Preston Highway. Preston was not bad, and then once I got on the interstate, it was not terrible. Then, then it, was, it was pretty smooth sailing from there until I got to the street that the, the station is actually on. That was a little. I have a small car that rides pretty low, so getting through some of this snow is is a little iffy. But I'm here. Well, I'm glad you made it safely. I'm glad you're in, and uh, it it should be a fun show today. We had a good Ask H Wednesday segment yesterday, and uh, well, everybody's looking forward to the next week. But you got to get through Thursday, Friday, obviously Monday and Tuesday to get back to it. Uh, and and again, we're joined by Will. Also in studio, who was just rocking the most obnoxious chair for probably 20 seconds. I'm sure all you all heard it, and he does it again uh, out of spite. Quit it. Quit the, quit the chair rocking. Uh, as always, tweeting the show at T Walker Rivals. Love to hear what you've got to say, what's on your mind today. Uh, we're going to start with the Louisville game, obviously. A game that both Yates and I predicted a, a Cards win, and Came right off the bat, Notre Dame firing, and I, I thought the game would be in the 60s, and I thought if it could be in the 60s, then that would mean Louisville's control. Rolling the tempo, and it would result in a Cards win. I almost look like a huge idiot, which happens for... Uh, but still... Uh, uh, a high-scoring first half for Louisville. It looked like there's no way that that game was going to be in the 60s, and sure enough, it, it ended up averaging out in the 60s uh, and being right right at the tempo where I, I thought Louisville could be within striking distance, and especially, Will, when Louisville made that run to start the second half, 
Will's a Louisville fan, but you had to be thinking, you, you had to be liking your chances at that point. Yeah, um, once the Cards scored, I believe, the first uh, nine points of the second half, I uh, thought we had a rhythm going. I thought the Yump Center was rocking. Um, and I felt like our defense had really stepped up, especially after that um, pretty pathetic first half. But I think it's pretty apparent that this is kind of the first game that's kind of exposed Louisville without Chris Jones, without that on-ball um, point guard pressure defense. Um, Notre Dame was just destroying us from the high pick and rolls all night. Once they switched off to our, to our bigs on Iwaki Matthew they just went right by him and, and probably got 10 or 11 fouls from the, the center position alone. And that's a, a, a solid analysis, and you're right. And, and it, I really think it, it, while Chris Jones not being there and having that perimeter on the ball defender was evident, it, it, I still think it starts inside for Louisville, not having any, anybody that's really threatening down low. And, and Notre Dame to do a lot of inside out or, or penetrating and, and kicking because you just don't have the help down there. Matt Yang never turned into the shot blocker you thought he'd be. Aniwaku will have solid stretches, but it, really struggling to put together a complete game. Only played 19 minutes last night. I really still think it starts inside, and while the Chris Jones loss hurts, hurts offensively, Louisville still shot 54%, or, or, or not 54, 42, excuse me, I was looking at Notre Dame, still shot a, a decent percentage. Uh, it, it's Chris Jones loss is huge, but uh, I, I still think that this goes on recruiting, just not having a formidable big, big to match down there with Montrez Harrell, who had a good game. Uh, but it, it, what does this do for your expectations, Will, for Louisville's season? It, it seemed like there was some momentum. The Florida State beatdown made it seem like Louisville could take care of business, especially against bad teams, but you thought you could hold their own against good teams. Notre Dame is uh, – mostly widely considered a three or four seed and they had no problem beating Louisville on their home court, the home court of management, nothing. Uh, so what does this do for your expectations? Is this just a very vanilla season for you? Um, it definitely changed. I feel like we had a lot of momentum after the past uh, couple games, getting, I believe, three wins in a row. Um, obviously not to the competition of Notre Dame, Duke, Virginia, or North Carolina. Um, but a home loss this late in the season with that kind of momentum really does put a damper on things. Um, I still optimistically like our chances against Virginia on Saturday. Um, again, once we get to the NCAA tournament, I really just think it's going to come down to matchups. Um, I, I really struggle um, seeing UofL getting to the championship game of the ACC tournament, let alone you know having a shot to win it. Um, but once they get to the tournament, um, anything could happen. Maybe we could make a run to the lead eight or, or who knows. Um, but... Um, definitely the loss of Chris Jones is apparent. And to kind of go along with your point, the, the center position last night, if we are going to give up that many points, they got to put up some type of production on offense. Um, there were points in time where Montrez was getting guarded man-to-man -man by August, uh, their lone big man. And then Anawaku or Matthew or Mahmoud were getting guarded by Pat Connaughton, the, the small forward uh, who I guess was playing power forward. And, I mean, you, you have to be able to post up and score on that player every time. And they weren't even making an effort. They were still trying to run the ball through Harold to low post. Uh, Terry was taking contested jump shots. Um, so I just think Rick needs to, I guess, relook at this offensive philosophy, and and we'll see see where we go from here. And the thing is about about some of these bigs for Louisville, Anawaku and Mahmoud, sometimes they will make these great moves, these solid post moves where where you can tell that they've observed, uh, absorbed some learning, some teaching from Patino and Louisville staff, uh, and they've read some of the game plans for maybe that, maybe that Notre Dame will fall for a pump fake here or there. So they'll make these great moves 
but then just blow the layup or or, or turn it over or, or let it fall off their hands or do something that doesn't allow them to finish the play. And, and it, it, it's, it really comes down to just a skill set thing. And Mahmoud could end up as a solid big man. I don't think he's ever going to be a, a first-team ACC player, Anuwaku, the same. But the skill set for those two guys is just far, far behind. And I don't know if you can teach some of those things. You can make them better at finishing some of those shots, uh, but it, it's never. It, I, I don't think they're ever going to be anything more than just a guy that can pick up fouls and maybe score a little bit here and there. I don't know if they're going to necessarily be able to create for themselves on a consistent basis. Uh, and that's again, I think that falls on Patino. I don't know how you get yourself in a situation where you don't. And this is a Louisville since he's been a Louisville. It's almost every year he's had a, a, a great or not a great, but at least a, a five that can hold his own. At the, at the center position, and but certainly not this year. So it'll be interesting to see where, where Louisville goes from here. I did go to the game last night. Again, I am dating a Louisville fan, and she likes to go from time to time. And Louisville, in their basketball games, they do sell alcohol. So I don't see a reason why not to why not go and watch two top 25 teams and uh, and have a little bit, have a, have a few drinks. And so I'm able to do that. The amount of Louisville fans that were leaving with eight minutes left was unlike anything I've seen. It was good atmosphere throughout the game. The crowd had no problem supporting Louisville um, when Notre Dame would would make some of the runs and Louisville would come back. Uh, but I was surprised with how many Louisville fans left the game. And there was a, a fan in front of me, and I'm and I, I'm not categorizing this to Louisville fans because it, it happens like this everywhere, and especially when you're going to serve alcohol in the arena. Uh, but he had had a few too many drinks and was trying to mock the dance team's dance routine. But he was sitting by himself, or he might have had a friend next to him, but they weren't sitting right next to each other. And the looks this guy was getting, it was a very sensual, sexual type of dance and really was enjoying it. Uh, but it's it's fun to sometimes not be at the game as a media member so you can kind of catch those interactions. And then driving home from the game, the weather was bad. I, I know Alex Davis, who writes for R- Rivals High School site, uh, he was stuck on the 65 ramp, I think, for over three hours. Luckily, I was able to avoid that, but the weather was terrible. So hoping everybody that left the game made it home safely. I did see plenty of abandoned cars on the way home. But overall, just probably a night Louisville fans want to forget. Uh, this this begs the question. I could see, and Louisville hasn't had any favors in seeding for the tournament with the exception of maybe their number one overall seed. It always seems like Louisville sometimes gets underseeded, and maybe they have an easier road. You know, 2005 when they made the final four, people were talking about them possibly being a two seed. They end up with a four seed, luckily a four seed in the, in the easiest region. So there's been some times where Louisville has been underseeded but had easy roads. I have a feeling they're, they're, they're not going to be in that four or five seed game unless they do beat Virginia – if they beat Virginia and then maybe beat UNC in the ACC tournament, then sure, they'll, they'll definitely be a four or five seed. But I don't think they're going to beat Virginia. And I don't think they're going to beat UNC on a neutral floor. And I don't think they're going to get a four or five seed. I think they're going to draw to that drop to that six or seven game because they just don't have quality wins. Right now, their best two wins are Ohio State and UNC. Ohio State looks like a very mediocre team in the Big Ten. Uh, they're not necessarily on the bubble. They're going to get in the tournament. But 
not really a competitor and probably going to be in that eight, nine game, all things considered. And then the UNC game, UNC is an okay team. They've got nine losses, however, but that was a game that UNC was up 18 points and by all means should have won that game. Uh, I think they're going to, I don't think Louisville's going to get a good seed just because of the, the lack of good wins. Now they don't have a ton of bad losses. NC state would be the only one that really jumps out, but you have to be able to beat some good opponents if you're looking for a good seed. So I think Louisville definitely will be in that six or seven seed and, and, and I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I think the longer you can avoid the one seeds, assuming that it's not Villanova, because I don't, I don't feel that Villanova is very good. Uh, then I think the, the two seeds are very beatable, with the exception of Wisconsin, if they stay in that seed line. So, Will, where would you like to see Louisville get seeded? Would, do you have a preference, or at this point, is it just get in the tournament and, and just see what happens and kind of play with house money? Um, just a quick update via Twitter, uh, Justin or. Uh, Justin, Justin, Justin Anderson. Anderson has been ruled out for Saturday, so maybe help the Cards' chances a little bit more. Not that he was expected to play. But um, as far as UofL's seeding for the NCAA tournament, um, like you said, I, I think our, our floor probably is that six line, maybe seven if, if we lost uh, our remaining or our next game against U, uh, UVA and then to North Carolina in the tournament, um, and then our ceiling maybe a three seed if we somehow made a, a good run to the AC or in the in the ACC tournament. Um, as far as who I want to face, I would agree with you that I'd like to stay away from Wisconsin, Duke, and Kentucky for as long as possible. Um, so yeah, it, it really doesn't matter. The, the disparity between the kind of ninth-best team and maybe the 30th-best team this year uh, just, just isn't that much. Um, it, it's really going to depend on who you get matched up with. Um, I think we'll see a good amount of upsets in this tournament like we do every year. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't be a terrible thing, I think, to stay off that four or five line. And that, that and we're going to talk about Kentucky and bracketology and some of these updates here and there. But with Kentucky, uh, I've heard a lot of Louisville fans, including our own friend Little Bag, uh, say that they, he wants to play Kentucky. He'd, he'd like to be in Kentucky's region. He'd like to be the four to Kentucky's one, the five to Kentucky's one, uh, and just play spoiler at that point you have nothing to lose if you end up losing you probably weren't going to make a run anyways if you end up winning then you beat Kentucky you ruin their perfect season most likely and and get bragging rights in basketball uh, again the playing with the house money analogy you don't seem on board with that Will as a Louisville fan realistically for our chances to you know make it to the lead eight or make some type of run um, that wouldn't be the case but Looking at some of these other four or five seats, I, I can see where some Louisville fans are coming. Um, I do think of the teams listed, um, like Arkansas, West Virginia, Utah, uh, North Carolina, Wichita State, I think UofL, if we play up to our potential, um, with, with at least Tara Rozier, Montrez Harrell, will have some of the best talent out there on the floor. Um, and could maybe, uh, um, probably not going to obviously give UK a game, but maybe be the, one of the better options of, of all those teams listed. And I might, I may agree with that. I don't know. I, I think UNC is going to be a, a tough four or five. Uh, I think Baylor's coming on at the right time. I know they just lost a, a game against Texas, a game they, they should have won and led for the majority of the game. Uh, so maybe I agree with you that Louisville is in the conversation as one of those threatening four or fives if they get in that seed line. Again, I don't think they will. But Kentucky's just a terrible matchup for Louisville. I talked about this on the show yesterday. A terrible, terrible matchup. If 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 Louisville's getting beat inside against Notre Dame, then it's just. And we saw Kentucky Louisville. We saw it at the Yum Center. Louisville played 
played with Kentucky, although that game was never really in jeopardy. Kentucky had control. Still just an eight-point game, so I get that it was close. It could have been a lot worse. And just it, There's so many other matchups Louisville would have a chance against, and I, and I don't think Kentucky's one of them. Captain Arctic tweets into the show a view from his backyard on Twitter, and it, he, uh, he's coming from he's listening from Arizona. I do appreciate you listening. I don't appreciate you rubbing in uh, the beautiful weather. It's a picture of his backyard, and it's got a green lawn that looks better than the most public golf courses here in Louisville. Uh, very, very jealous. So mission accomplished, Captain Arctic. Uh, but, but, again, thanks for tweeting in and, and rubbing it in. But speaking of bracketology and Kentucky's road, this is what Lenardi has it, and, and he's changed it back and forth. And, again, we still have 10 days to Selection Sunday. A lot can change in this time. Uh, crazy that it's only 10 days, but, again, a lot can change in this time. I, in my opinion, he's got Kentucky lined up with the hardest eight seed, the hardest five seed, the hardest four seed, the hardest three seed, the hardest two seed in the entire tournament. And maybe, maybe, maybe the toughest seven, maybe not. At that point, you know, the toughest 16 seed. Doesn't really matter. The toughest 16, it's a playing game. uh, And you you wouldn't worry about a 16 seed, obviously. Texas Southern, uh, a perennial power. But Ohio State being the eight, that, that, if Kentucky got Ohio State in the KFC Yum Center, that's a game Kentucky should win. But you want to avoid really, really good players. And D'Angelo Russell's a really, really good player. Yeah, you want to be in a situation, if you're Kentucky, where you have the best player on the floor. And maybe only two or three games, two or three teams that you could play, that wouldn't be true. And Ohio State really might be one of those teams, crazy enough, as, as poor as a season as they've had with D'Angelo Russell. You wouldn't really want to play them in the Yumpson. Ohio State would bring fans. It'd obviously be dominated by Kentucky, uh, but it would just be a game you probably would want to avoid. North Carolina, again, you, you've got a uh, you've got a, a great guard, a great scoring guard who can get hot. The, the, this North Carolina team reminds me a lot of some of these UConn teams, and uh, again. UConn made those runs. I'm not saying North Carolina is going to go to a championship, but they've kind of got that build. Baylor, the four seed in the region, they're a really tough team. I'm telling you, when you're filling out your brackets, have Baylor uh, go a little, maybe make a little bit of a run. If they were to play North Carolina in the second round, that would be uh, that would be a tough game to pick. And then Wisconsin, the two. I've seen most bracketologists have Wisconsin at the two. Go ahead and circle it down right now. They will not be the number two in Kentucky's region. Not to do Kentucky any favors, but to do Bo Ryan and Wisconsin some favors. They are the best two. Kentucky's the best one. I know that geography has been important, but everybody's made such a big deal about it. They're going to avoid that. Uh, When I tweeted this out today, a lot of Kentucky fans tweeted me, of course the NCAA loves to to mess up Kentucky and hurt Kentucky in their seeding, but I don't think they're going to, to do it this time we'll see we're gonna to have to commercial break here 1450 the sports buzz a very cold snowy day here in louisville so stick around we'll be right back Listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Back and all hell have, has broken loose in these 
in the fourteen fifty Sports Buzz Sports Talker Studio, which isn't the real studio, but the girls came back with food and and dogs. So now we have three dogs, four people, and everybody's eating food. Uh, it's you, not. It's again. I'm just a makeshift opter, operation. You made your uh, you made your girlfriend go out and get you food. I didn't make her do anything, Yates. That's they, terrible. They, they went. That's they went. Terrible. They went out. Chivalry. Chivalry is dead. This Jeez, first off, I come on. Okay. You know what? I did not make anybody go out and get food. They wanted to go out and get food on their own. I made my wife go get me food. So and, and I, I put a ring on it at least. And, and Will saying that he made his wife go do that, and and that's true. He did. Uh, I have. I've just been trying to do radio on this snowy day. Everybody's taking off work. Going and, and doing their own thing, watching House of Cards. I wanted to do a radio show for the people that want to listen to a little sports talk. And sue me if, if somebody brought me Qdoba. Yates, give me a break. All right. Give me a break. I'm disappointed. We do have the TJ. office on, which, uh, but we have it on mute. I, I, I think the people here are not happy about that. That's okay. Um, we did. We did go sledding today as a group, and being 23 years old, almost 24 years old, and, well, I think you're 29 or 30, however old you are, you old fart, and uh, we we were in a big time crunch because of this very radio show, so we needed to figure out how much time we were going to have. We didn't really leave until one. We were worried that we were only going to have maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes. I would say, Will, probably after the second run, I was about ready to hang it up. Yeah, we went to old uh, Hill on Atherton's uh, football field, and yeah, about two runs in, I was just dying, you don't have walking to, up a foot of snow. You don't have to tell people where we were. It, a little privacy on the radio is not a bad <laughs> thing. Jeez. Uh, but yeah, it, it, and it just, you know, not that I didn't enjoy your all's company, but it just wasn't that fun. You didn't, we, didn't go as, we, didn't, we didn't go as fast as I thought, as I remembered going as a kid. It was, I got snow and every part of my body well sledding in a foot of snow is a lot different than sledding in two to three inches of snow i didn't know you've become some sort of sledding expert i am i am anyways uh captain arctic tweets in says i hope you're right about wisconsin and kentucky being separated it's just the right thing to do there has to be some sense of balance and, and again i just think everybody's made such a big deal about it i can't see a scenario where they put without in it in it's if there was some debate about it. If there's some de- debate about Wisconsin being a two or three seed, then you know they probably would put them together. But I think it's clear that Wisconsin's the best two seed, a really good team, twenty six and three on the year. Uh, no losses at, at home, with the exception of Duke, who's a clear cut number one. Did lose to Rutgers, which is a terrible, terrible loss. But you didn't have Frank Kaminsky for that. One of the best players of the year, and then their other loss at Maryland, a tough place to win a tough place to play they're clear-cut number two and a lot of people are probably going to have them in their final four if they weren't in Kentucky's region so I I don't think it's going to happen and I think they're going to do that more to to please Wisconsin and Bo Ryan than to do John Calipari any favors Uh, but but based on the the mock selection committee that they do in Indianapolis every year and they do it in early to mid-February uh, supposedly all the scuttlebutt there was if you put a team in Kentucky's region, it was virtually a death sentence because they weren't going to get out of it. I'm not going to say it would be that easy, and I wouldn't say it would be that easy of a game for Kentucky to beat Wisconsin, but I, but I do think they're going to try to reward the best two seed, maybe the best three seed, 
and have them avoid Kentucky's region, but but time will tell. Region-wise, um, I mean, the Midwest is in Columbus. I can't imagine uh, another site it's being anywhere. Cleveland. Cleveland, excuse me. Can't imagine another site being more convenient for Wisconsin fans to travel to. Obviously, UK is going to have the, the big advantage for, you know, both the opening round and the the third and fourth. But I think that would be the best for Wisconsin fans, it, although they don't want to play UK. But if, but if you – let's imagine you were a Wisconsin fan. Would you rather have a – and I think Syracuse is like 500 miles from – Cleveland it, it, so you know it, I, let's say you had to drive an extra five hours would you rather and I don't know how far it is from Madison to Cleveland I I, I I don't have a map in front of me I can't punch it but let's just guesstimate that for Madison to Cleveland is a seven hour drive a six to seven hour drive would you rather drive an additional four or five hours to watch Wisconsin have a chance to actually make the final four or avoid those five or four hours and play an undefeated Kentucky team if you're a Wisconsin fan? I'm just saying from the convenience of travel. Uh, but, like, but, like, but, but no, no, you're, you're avoiding the question. First off, most people are going to fly. The only people that are going to drive are cheap people like me and you. Most people are going to fly. It's so, like Louisville going, driving to Atlanta versus flying down to Orlando. I'd say that's probably pretty similar, right? Six-hour uh, drive to Atlanta, probably but a little you're, bit. you're not going to drive to Orlando. You're not going to go 10 to 12 hours to drive. Well, but... Or most people, most people probably wouldn't drive to Atlanta. Maybe some would, but I mean, the people that are going to go to a Sweet 16 game and care that much about it, maybe they will drive, maybe they won't. But would you rather? Okay, let's. You know, I, I, it's not a really a, a great comparison for Louisville in 2013 because they won the title. But it, if you were able to, let's say in 2012, that really good Louisville team, would you rather go to Atlanta for that Sweet 16 game? Let's say you had a Sweet 16 game, but you would have to play Kentucky and Atlanta, or would you rather be shipped out west and have the road that you had? I would obviously, if we're looking back two years ago, would rather go out west. Exactly. Well, okay. A, a so potential national champion. The point is, what's an additional few hours for geography-wise? You're not really. Ca- I would get it if the if the region was in Milwaukee. Then I'm sure most. I'm sure a lot of Wisconsin fans would say, you know what, screw it. Let's take on Kentucky. We're going to control the house. We're going to have the home atmosphere. And if we win, we go to the Final Four and we take out the best team doing it. We do the dirty work and we go on and win a national championship. But it's not a Milwaukee. It's not right down the road. Cleveland's still a, not, you know, that's not a hop in the char- car. Let's make a day trip out of it. That's a long ride. And I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just kind of offering up both sides of the argument. Um, it would be a little more convenient at the same time. It'd be a tougher road. So, you know, I'm just got to. I'm down there. We'll see. And it seems like Will's wife wants something for her burrito. Got savory queso. It's really good. Okay, she wanted to let everybody know that the savory queso that she got on her burrito is fantastic. I, uh, I can confirm that is pretty good. It's uh, uh, what, I mean, what is going on, guys? Exactly. Shameless plugs for keto, but the, we, do, we do take uh, this, free luncheons. And- this is. <laughs> Absolutely. This, this is ridiculous. I, I can hardly work in these conditions. Captain Arctic tweets in, Yates gets a break for making it into studio via the low rider. I give Yates no breaks at all. He deserves all the scrutiny. Trevor texts in the show and says, damn, TJ, talking about making the girls go get food. Where did they fi- First off, where did they find something open? Uh, we did not make them. Let, let the record show we did not make them go get food. We did not, and Adina wants everybody to know that McDonald's is closed. That's how you know the bad weather is. Uh, did you see about the people on I-65 South here in Kentucky that have been stuck in their car for 15 hours? 
just on the highway. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to move. The roads are too bad. They've been stuck, and they, they're bringing in the National Guard to help some of those people. What would you do, Will, if you were stuck in a car for 15 hours not moving? I listen to 1450, the uh, sports bus. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> but, uh, but in all oh, seriousness. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Um, I don't even know if you could. I mean, the car battery would have eventually had to have died at that point. They'd probably be freezing. Jeez. I would think the, um, oh. they ran out of gas. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully, they got some board games, maybe a we Game gotta, Boy or something in there. Yeah, we need to turn that into like a little promo before going in and out of commercials. That little that little clip right there. That was great. Uh, I, I but here's the thing: your battery would die. Your, your car battery would die. You may run out of gas. Your cell phone would certainly die. You wouldn't be able to eat food. Luckily, my car is so messy, I'm sure I could find a leftover burger or chicken sandwich somewhere in there. Uh, you would lose your mind. You would lose your mind. You wouldn't have anything to drink. Again, luckily, I've got 30 bottles of water somewhere on my car floor, probably enough to fill up maybe a gallon. You could probably roll down the window, grab a big chunk of you, snow. You would have and snow. I do have warm clothes in my car for situations like that, so I would be prepared. But some people, if you were just, you know, if you left your house and were driving down to Nashville or something like that and just wearing maybe a sweatpants and a T-shirt, uh, maybe you don't have maybe you don't have warm clothes. You would get really cold, especially when your car died. So a uh, scary situation. I hope everybody is okay for people that, that were in that situation. So, just to clarify, are they in the middle of the road? They're in the middle of the road. So, imagine like you're in a big traffic jam on I-65 South, but then you just don't move for 15 hours. My grandparents are coming back from Florida, and they said roads in Tennessee, Kentucky, and Indiana were all closed. They had to like go around the states. Wow. To get back and, they, and they have closed down the roads and are now asking people to make detours, but it's not like you're get off one exit, get on another one. Uh, they're, they're, they can be much more severe and, and more significant than that. Uh, it's, and man, it, the day that we have a Mickey Mouse operation on the show, uh, the boss man, Brett texts in and says that he's listening to the show. He said that he's been stuck in a car that long. Uh, he, he, he blogged while in his car. I, I, again, I think my computer would die and I don't think I'd have, I don't think you'd be able to do it for that long. So I, I don't know. Uh, Captain Arctic tweets in going back to making the girls get the food, which we, again, we didn't make them get the food. He says, you better not mention Kaylee Hartung with your lady in the house. Here's the thing. Hannah is on board with the Kaylee Hartung train. Uh, I, I, I don't know why, uh, but she, she's as big as a fan as I am. So that's good news. Uh, I, I know some couples might have their celebrity cheat. Where you know you, you could have a cheat day if you had a chance with a celebrity like that. Unfortunately, I'm sure I don't have a chance with Kaylee Hartung. Uh, we don't have a deal like that, but but maybe you know maybe that would maybe that would work in a situation like that. Will does Adina give you a, a celebrity cheat? I don't need one with my wife. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, this is I'm I'm going to do the radio show outside. I'll go outside in the snow and do the radio show there. I'll take my dog Abe, who's who's been easily the best co-host out of all three of you. Abe, without a doubt, has been. His takes are hotter. Uh, he minds his business. He knows his place on the show. And Captain Arctic. Captain Arctic has, has, is on board, too. And then Captain Arctic says that Hannah's better looking than Kaylee Hartung. So you know it's, it's a Mickey Mouse oper operation when he's making comments like that. Thanks, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I... 
commercial? Nope. Still on. Right. I was about to. Sorry it went dark there for a little bit, uh, but we are back. Um, but, okay, let's, let's get a little bit back on track, if that's at all possible. We were Yesterday's show I, it was a jam-packed show where we actually talked sports for the majority of the hour. Uh, obviously, this show has not been the case. I wanted to talk about IU and their loss to Iowa on Tuesday. Indiana fans are fed up. They were booing. They're not showing up. Yates today, Indiana's AD, Fred Glass, comes out, says he supports Tom Crean. What do you what did you make of that, Yates? Um, I, I mean, that could be the dreaded vote of confidence that comes before the axe falls. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you don't keep or how you keep him if they don't make the tournament or if they, I don't know, maybe if they even if they do make the tournament and they lose their first game. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree, but I, I, I think Fred Glass is being sincere when saying that he's thinking about keeping them. And here's some of the quotes he said. Uh, this is what he told ESPN, Fred Glass said. He said, I'm bullish on Tom. He's done a really good job with these guys. It's ridiculous to say that someone is coaching for his job for one game and that would be up or down in one game. Uh, he's a great coach. He has my full support. I have a great deal of confidence in Tom's body of work. This team overachieved early and then hit a tough patch. Uh, there's a sense that Tom is only keeping his job because of his buyout, which uh, is is a big buyout. I think it's seven seven and a half million if they were to fire him to keep his job because of his buyout. And while that's a big number and a significant amount of money, it's not what is keeping him in the job. I think he needs to be the coach. I want him to be the coach here. Uh, this, to me, is a, a blind leading the blind situation. If Fred Glass actually thinks that, it may be time for IU to not only find a new basketball coach, but maybe a new AD. He says that we have a super young team. James Blackman has hit a freshman wall. I'm really optimistic about this team. Losing Colin Hartman was a big blow, and not having Devin Davis was tough. Uh, now it seems like he's making excuses. Whether or not... First off, why why were the expectations so low heading into the year? I get that you had an awful, awful team last year that wasn't invited to the NIT or any postseason, but why were you in a situation like that to begin with? That's not the norm at big, big-time universities. Yes, places have down years, but listen to this. Tom Crean, at, since he's been at IU, has four tournament wins. Four tournament wins since 2008, since he took over. John Calipari got five tournament wins last year in one tournament. And I'm not comparing Tom Crean to John Calipari because they're not comparable. <laughs> Rick Pitino got two. He got half that in one tournament. And if you take two tournaments for, for Rick Pitino, the last two, he's got eight, which is double. I mean, look at the – and Indiana wants to be considered one of these best programs along with Kentucky, with Louisville, with Duke, with UNC, with Kansas. They don't match up. And not only do they not match up, they're not even close. Four tournament wins since 2008 for Indiana. Now, I, I don't know. I haven't seen, but that has to be one of the worst, if not the worst stretch in Indiana basketball history to go that long with just four tournament wins. Uh, and the fact that Fred Glass is defending him and backing him up is crazy to me. It's loyal, and it's, it's, it's showing support, and I think that's good. But... And Adina's over here, Will's wife, just playing playing music during the radio show. Oh, what? It's an ad, and I turned off the volume. 
<laughs> Unbelievable. But, and I, and I get the loyalty and I get the support and, and that's good to see. And maybe if this was Tom Crean's second or third year, I would say, you know what, that's good. That's good that a, a AD is backing him up. But at this point, it should matter how you finish the year. It should matter what you do the rest of the way. And I think the, the right thing for, for Fred Glass to say would be, we're going to, we still got a lot of season left. Uh, we plan on making the tournament. We believe that Tom's going to get us there. And, and who says we don't have a run in us? So we'll reevaluate after the season. We always evaluate. We're always looking to see where we can get better, what we can do to provide Tom or whoever's in charge with enough support. That would be the better answer. At this point, what would it take for Indiana to make the tournament? Obviously, they're on the outside looking in right now. Well, they're, in, they're on the inside. Oh, they're, 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 they're on the inside. They're on the right side of the bubble. But here, they've got Michigan State on they've got Michigan State on Saturday and then they've got the Big Ten tournament where they're looking to be a seven seed uh, which is really fortunate for them now I think there is a scenario where they can get the eight seed which if they're the eight seed that means they're going to play Wisconsin in their second round game which they're not going to beat Wisconsin now if they're the eight it's the seven seed they'll play Maryland in their second game that would be big for the Hoosiers where you could maybe make a little Big Ten run I say that they have to get two more wins this season to make the tournament. So that could be Michigan State and then or not two more wins to make the tournament, but two more wins to not sweat it out on Selection Sunday. Uh, so you beat Michigan State and then win one in the Big Ten tournament, I, I think you're fine. You don't worry about it getting in. You just worry about where you're at. Now, if they lose to Tom Izzo on Saturday and then were to get upset in the first round of the Big Ten, they're not. They can't get in. You can't let that team get in. At that point, they'd be 19-13, and 13, Finish the the Big Ten regular season nine and nine, but lose their first round of the Big Ten tournament game, and then you find themselves in a situation where they had lost five of their last six, six of their last seven, and have a losing record since the end of January. You can't let a team like that get in the tournament. Now they beat Michigan State. That's a different story. Uh, needless to say, and here's here's the other problem. It, and we'll talk more about this after the break, but if you bring him back, you don't have the fan support next year, and you lose money, and you start to bleed out the program a little bit. You can't do that. Once you lose the fans, you can't continue to keep the coach, and you can make the debate that Tom Crean lost the fans after losing to Syracuse in the Sweet 16 when Tom Crean actually did have a good team. And then the, the next year where you don't get invited to the NIT, that certainly doesn't help your case. We're going to head to our, our last commercial. It's been a fun show today. We'll be right back. To the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. We're back. One final show. Or segment. Not show. Maybe after this show it will be my final show. But one final segment. We were talking Tom Crean and the Hoosiers. Again, my point is, the fans are already booing. And you know if they lose to Michigan State, it's not going to be a pretty scene. But if they're already booing... They're already not showing up. The student section was half half full, half empty, because that's the kind of guy I am. 
then they're it's, then they're not going to be excited about next season. Captain Arctic tweets in and says if they keep their players, they'll be better. And they do have a lot of young players. And if you had a team next year uh, with a sophomore James Blackman and everybody just a year older, <clears throat> it would be a better team. It would be a tournament team. But would it be a national title contender? No. Would it be a team that would be a, a shoe-in for the Final Four? No. It'd probably be a, a four or five, five seed, maybe a three seed. It wouldn't be a dominating team, and is that what IU fans want? And the and the worst news about that is, guess what? If he's okay next year and they do that, and they compete for a Big Ten title and get a decent seed, well, then you've got Tom Crean for another year, and the year after that, and it's just media, it's it's mediocre. Don't ignore the fact that you're paying him over $3 million a year for this mediocrity. If I was an IU fan, I'd be absolutely furious with Fred Glass's comments. Not because he didn't say, yes, we're definitely going to fire him. Because, because you're backing just being okay. <clears throat> Four tournament wins since 2008. It's, it's terrible. <clears throat> And the sad thing is, that's four tournament wins since 2008, and he's never lost a first-round tournament game. So that's not to say that, you know, he's been to the tournament every year, maybe just been upset and things haven't really worked out, maybe caught some bad luck in the tournament. Well, he's been to two tournaments, and he's won just two games in those tournaments. Captain Arctic says, and most importantly, they would not be on the same line as Kentucky, which drives IU fans nuts. And... I, when I when UK was down in 2007, 2008 with Gillespie and the end of the Tubby era, Kentucky fans always, whether they're up, whether they're down, they're always going to think they're the best program. And a lot of fan bases do that, basketball, football, whoever it is. But IU fans do believe that they're still a major program right now. But if they take a step outside of their little bubble in Bloomington, they'd realize that they're a joke. And they're, and they're far from being considered one of the top programs in the country. And a lot will have to change before then. Like, you know, making an Elite Eight, making a Final Four. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. I just think it was a silly thing for their athletic director to to come out and say at this point in the season. <clears throat> Still with plenty of time left, both for, both for Indiana maybe to make a – a cute little run, and they are a team. If they get in the tournament and get really hot, one game or two games, maybe they, you know, maybe they get out of the first weekend. I don't know. But they're also a team where they're not hitting. They can lose anybody, including Northwestern. But I tweeted out that their AD said that, and so many UK fans retweeted it, and we're happy to see that he might be around for years to come. Running out of time on today's show, and a wild show it has been. Not a ton of great basketball tonight. Arkansas, South Carolina, and the SEC. Wisconsin, Minnesota, and the Big Ten. Minnesota's heading to the NIT. I don't a win there wouldn't even really change that. I don't think. California will go to Arizona. That again, not anything too great. There are some conference tournament games. Memphis going to UConn will be interesting for uh, both Memphis's and UConn's tournament hopes. I don't think either one will make that. 
We'll have to see. <clears throat> Any big plans tonight, Will? Nope. Sure. Just going to have to catch up on the work that I didn't do throughout the course of the 8 to 5 work day. Um, just enjoying the snow. Everyone stay safe out there. And How do you feel about your wife pouring a glass of wine at 3 o'clock? Uh, I've gotten used to it at this point. So, <laughs> but if she's bringing me hunky she can drink her sours away all she wants. When I asked you if you had any, any how, if you had any plans tonight or uh, <clears throat> today, how about we play a little Xbox after the show for the next twelve hours? Actually, if my boss is listening, I've got to get to work after this. I'll beat you in NBA. <clears throat> no, that's not true. I'm the best video game player ever, and that that goes for you too, Yates and Trevor. I know you all are listening, and I want you all to know that I am better video game players than both of you all. <laughs> that all right, Yates? Probably depends on what we're playing. I, I, I used to be great until my PS3 was stolen, and now I don't play as much. But I, but I'm, I'm, I'm a quick learner, and I still very, I'm still very confident about my video game playing abil- abilities. <clears throat> uh, I'm, I've got one episode left of House of Cards. It's been a pretty good season. I'm going to give some. Yates, you want me to give away some spoilers? I'd rather you not, but I can take my headphones off. When Frank turns into an alien in episode three, I didn't see it coming. When he sheds his outer body, I mean, it was it was wild. I'm only kidding. He doesn't turn into an alien. It's more of a goblin monster. But That's an episode five. Uh, that's, yeah. Uh, but it's it's been a solid season. That's all I'll say. Again, I, I still think it's a three-week buffer, and then I'm allowed to say whatever I want. So you've got... You've got two more weeks after tomorrow, Yates. Do it right. Cats, I didn't get to talk much about Kentucky today. Nothing's really new uh, with the Cats. They'll take on Florida on Saturday. It's a very bad Florida team. It's going to be a win for UK. Uh, We'll talk more about that. Well, we don't have a show tomorrow. I forgot. Gee, I forgot we don't have a show tomorrow, Yates. Louisville baseball cannot be playing in all this snow, right? Uh, I wouldn't think so, but I, as far as I know, at this point, they have yet to cancel the game. But I, I'd honestly be shocked if they played. All right, well, maybe we'll have a show tomorrow, maybe we won't. Uh, if if they don't play, we can. Uh, do we do the show or do we not do the show? Um, well, that will depend on when I find out uh, when the game is canceled. All right, well, maybe we'll have a show tomorrow, maybe we won't. Uh, Trevor wants to play me in NBA 2K15. Uh, sounds good to me. Bring it on. I'm going to be practicing all day today anyways. Uh, thanks for listening. Maybe we'll be back. If not, Kentucky wins against Florida 76-55 to 55, in my opinion. Prediction in, in that game, Will? Kentucky-Florida. Kentucky-Florida, I'll take Cats by 90? 17. Uh, and then Louisville-Virginia, I'll go Virginia 58-51. to 51. Cards 63, Cats 58. And uh, surprisingly... Semi-high scoring game for those two teams. Uh, Yates prediction for Louisville, Virginia? Uh, I'll say Louisville 59, Virginia 58. Oh, you homers. You homers. All right, well, and then best... we got to win the national championship. All right, we're out of here. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. They say welcome to the 502 Take the Jordan boy and show them how Kentucky do Oak Caprice Classics, paint Kentucky blue They say don't forget 27, don't be hitting two Song call it blue, grass, song call it purple I'ma call it home, take a shot of Tron